Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. Lex Michael, I'm gonna go first this week. Eat a butt. No. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm cool with the first part, less the second part. That's what Christmas hams are made out of. Pig butt. Well, I ain't had no Christmas ham in quite some time, sir. <laughs> So this week I am into, I'm, I decided to start watching Cowboy Bebop. We recently got the the announcement of the live action crew. Yes. Um, so we got John Cho as Spike. We have Mustafa Shakir as Jet. Um, and then Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized that I've never seen the whole series from start to top. From start to bottom, um, I've seen episodes here and there um, because back when it was airing, it was before streaming existed, right? Um, and it was all linear, so I would see it here and there on comedy or Cartoon Network, and then uh, they would sometimes play it in the back when we were in Anime Club, and so uh, I've never seen it all the way through, and so I decided that I'm gonna. Uh, are you laughing at my anime club? Uh, you, totally, you laughing at anime club? I am 100% definitely not, what are you, what are you, not some kind laughing of at that. fucking jock? What are you, some kind of fucking, fucking popular <laughs> I am, kid? I am definitely something, something double negative laughing at that. <laughs> um, but... Anime Club's great. Um, but yeah, so I really wanted to dive in and see it from, from top to bottom so that when the live action show comes out, I can judge it harshly and tell everyone it's bad. Um, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm actually really excited for it. I just want to be able to experience Cowboy Bebop in its original form before um, the new one comes out. Totally fair. Yeah. I have never watched Cowboy Bebop. I might one day uh as is well established at this point on this particular program i'm not an anime person uh so you're a real person (laughs) (laughs) but so what what caught my attention about this uh live action remake re re envisioning uh that they're doing is the casting of john cho who i think is a tremendous actor and it's great Every time he gets a lead part in something, my first reaction is, hell yeah, well-deserved. And my second reaction is, this is probably going to be worth checking out. Yeah. And yeah, nothing, no, no part of that for me is the, I'm that interested in the source material. Though I keep I keep being told, because it's it's now in the conversation again, by, by a couple of friends that there's a decent chance, even as a non-anime person, I might be able to get into it because it shares elements in common with a lot of things I am a fan of it's entirely possible I'll just end up checking out the new one and I'll be all set okay I mean I I definitely agree with your friends that it has a very like you like Firefly it's like Firefly you like Star Wars it's like Star Wars you like cowboy things it's like cowboy things um like it it has a lot of elements that I think that you would enjoy I think you'd still have that barrier of entry in terms of uh the the anime disconnect mm-hmm. but I think that like after the first couple episodes you'll get over it um but I also am interested in seeing your perspective 
of watching the live action first with no context and then maybe checking out a few episodes of the original. I feel like if it's well done, if anything, it'll make it easier for me to like. Like yeah. all of the almost all of the anime people that I know have spiky hair. All right. <laughs> have uh <laughs> let's say let's say less than rapturous feelings about Netflix's Death Note movie. Yes, it's bad. Well, sure, okay, but that I think that opinion is largely predicated on your familiarity with the source material and its mm. proficiency as an adaptation because not knowing anything about the source material, I it worked for me. Interesting. It didn't work for me to an extent that I really want to go and delve into the other versions. I really do feel like I got everything I needed out of that concept, but I wonder if I would like it at all if I had steeped myself in the source material initially. Interesting. Um, I mean, because that's that's how I wanted to go into it is I wanted to go in as fresh as possible, forgetting all of the source material. Um, and it just I think that the characterizations just didn't work for me. And maybe it's maybe, like it was beautiful. There were a lot of really cool shots. Yeah. Um, but the characters were weird cartoons. Anyway, um, Lex. <laughs> What are you into this week? Speaking of weird cartoons, yeah. this weekend I, as I believe you did as well, checked out Shazam. Mm-hmm. Shazam. I went in not knowing what exactly to expect, as it definitely seemed uh, like a decidedly hard pivot from the tone that DC has been operating with in their yeah. films for quite some time. I found it absolutely delightful. Yeah. I was not expecting, as I maybe should have been, how much of a kid movie it was going to be, mm -hmm. while at the same time being punctuated with moments that are super dark. Yeah. It felt in that way, and I've seen a couple of people making this comparison, tonally almost felt a little bit like a, a Ghostbusters, for example. The, the original Ghostbusters was generally it was pretty light it was a pretty light movie but it was punctuated with these really occasionally intense and and if you're a small child frightening creature moments yeah the uh and i actually i believe the so the villain in the movie uh dr savannah played by mark strong his whole shtick is that he is working with the physical embodiments of the seven deadly sins who are who are embodied as these freaky looking demons right. and apparently the design of the seven deadly sins was was intentionally um and and directly influenced by the look of the demon dogs in ghostbusters oh really but i feel like you don't see that juxtaposition that often in movies that are geared towards younger audiences a lot of them now feel even the ones that i enjoy feel pretty safe right whereas there were moments in shazam that felt genuinely dangerous and mm -hmm. genuinely frightening and genuinely genuinely fucked up yeah there are a couple and i don't want to spoil any of it yeah. for for people who haven't seen it yet it just hit theaters this past weekend but a couple of moments that made me go oh holy shit we're doing that yeah zachary levi is tremendous uh his his relationship with uh the freddy character is uh, wonderful they have amazing chemistry even better than i think that when he's billy batson even better than the chemistry between those two actors yeah i think is the is the chemistry between shazam and freddy but it really is it's a story about family very much first and foremost there's a a big thing that happens in the third act 
and it pays off that theme so incredibly perfectly in my opinion and for a guy that is somewhat familiar with the source material the fact that I didn't call earlier that they were going to do what they ultimately do to win the day in the end uh-huh. I was like kicking myself I was like oh my god like of course that's what they were gonna do that's a perfect <laughs> way to pay off these character arcs and also the theme of of coming together as a family and and you know uh, learning that the best power is power you can share that you're not using for selfish means the way Dr. Savannah is. Right. And that's, that's theme stuff. I'm not spoiling any plot stuff. Surprise. The, the good guys win, but <gasps> sorry. How dare you? This is a DC movie. It's variable. <laughs> it's how fair. long in until Shazam snaps someone's neck. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I had a great time with this movie. It is, Really interesting to see now, given uh, what the public response was, by and large, outside of a small subset of yes. fans, the response to how aggressively dark DC was was making their movies. Mm-hmm. Justice League felt like they, late in production, tried to pivot. Aquaman is just so off the wall bonkers, and now it's seen... I dig Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and now it really does seem like they are pivoting in a far more versatile, variable direction where you can have a movie like Aquaman and then uh, less than six months later, you can have a movie like Shazam, which is by far the lightest movie that they've made. Yeah. Then the next one they've got coming out in October is that Joker movie, which looks like I mean, everybody online is like, it looks like Taxi Driver meets the King of Comedy. But that tonally is very far removed from what they're doing in Shazam. And I think that's great. I think it's great that they've largely, it seems like they've largely moved away from the shared universe model, but because so much of this stuff is so established both in other movies and in the public consciousness at large, you can fill Shazam top to bottom with DC Easter eggs yeah, in a way that is super, super, super fun and also winks at the audience in a way that it, it felt like they were so averse to fun before uh-huh. and now it's just let's find every avenue we can to have fun and it it completely works for me yeah the the only thing that didn't work for me about the movie had nothing to do with the movie uh when i when i saw it there was some dude near the front of the theater i'd never seen this before almost the entire like 75 percent of the movie was just on his phone oh in the movie theater near the front i mean maybe he was recording it Maybe he was... No, I could see him. I could see what he was doing. He was texting. Oh. Yeah, he was texting and like looking at Facebook. Maybe he was live texting. Like his friend couldn't come. And so he was like, all right, here's what's happening. All right, Shazam is now Shazam. And then he's like, okay, cool. So then uh, the bad guy showed up. Send. <laughs> Look, They're maybe. fighting. The, honestly, Send. that's about all... that. Like, it, it, I wouldn't be that surprised, I guess, because I swear to God, I'd never... See, of course, you see this behavior now all the time, but I'd never seen, like, why even, why'd you spend your money, dude? <laughs> like, wait outside for your friends if you don't want to be, look, I don't want to go on this long tirade because I could go for a while. Right. Uh, people who think it's okay to take out their phone in a darkened movie theater, like, I find that behavior so deeply disgusting. Yeah. Deep, I feel like it tells me every single last thing that I need to know about you as a person. I guess my point is, if somebody is using a phone in a darkened movie theater, uh, say something. Don't yeah. like say so because you're actually you could be the hero in the room 
because if you notice, other people notice. And right. a lot of people tend to be non-confrontational, which is often for the best. I be it, This is where it's okay to be a hero. Be the one that's like, hey, put that away. Um, Sorry, I'm like, I'm inciting conflict now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, and fuck them up. Fuck them up in the face. You know, like uh, you see, you see the, they have a phone, shove it in their mouth. Just like, just take it out their hand, put it in their mouth. Um, and then when they start to like resist, shove it further in until they choke. Right. And then as once they like lose consciousness, they won't want to use their phone anymore. So maybe don't do that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, you're, you're actually, you know what folks, you're missing out on manners if you're one of the people that does this. <laughs> but, uh, going back to like, I dug Shazam a whole bunch. This is nothing to do with Shazam. This is no reflection on my opinion of that film, which I did find an absolute delight. It seems like it's going to do real well box office wise. So presumably a sequel is in the offing and mm. I'm really, I'm so curious to see now, especially given the some of the teases and the the post credits. I'm real curious to see where they take this this these characters and this this series of what I assume will be a series of movies as long as people keep going to see them. Zachary Levi's wonderful. That's it. It's great. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but guys, what are you into? Let us know on that sweet sweet. Twitter. You know where it is. Missing Outcast. M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Guys, that's where you can hit us up. We're also on Instagram. Follow that sweet, sweet gram. Why don't you become one of our gram crackers? Get So you can get some more content. Oh, no. What? No. No? Is that not, is that not good? That's not good. Are you sure? What, all right. What about it isn't good? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, make sure to catch us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about uh, the 36 Questions podcast musical by Two Up Productions. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about love, baby. We're going to be going real deep into what love is. You know, we asked, I want to know what love is. And I was like, I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. And I was and, like, stop that. And he didn't. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. Don't hurt me. <laughs> I don't know what your resistance is, you know? <laughs> love, love, love. <laughs> Love, I'm still, I can't love. feel it right now because I'm still mad at that dude who had his phone out. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so make sure you join us tomorrow. And uh, make sure to hit us up on our personal Twitters. Lex Michael, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Awesome. And you can find me at Tari J, T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. And we will see you tomorrow. Until then, have a wonderful day. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. <laughs> Why? Who am I?